0: Warriors box.
1: It's time for another Warriors podcast. I'm Tim Roy. I'm in my 29th year of broadcasting Golden State Warriors basketball, my 35th in covering the NBA. I have one of the great jobs in the world, and I never take it for granted. And I love every minute. It is so much fun. And a great example of that is, is my recent conversation with Monte Ellis. That's right, Monte, one of the great Warriors of the past. He's going to be at Chase Center on December 16th when the Warriors take on the Brooklyn Nets. He was drafted by the Warriors in 2005, taken with a 40th pick. He was the most improved player in the NBA in the 2006-2007, and in his 12-year NBA career, he averaged 18.9 points or better eight times. It is always fun to talk some round ball with Monte Ellis. Five seconds to go, Warriors won't call time, Monte for the win, yes! Warriors have won at the buzzer by Monte Ellis! How badly did the Warriors need that win? They needed that victory in the worst way, and they do it in style. Monte, first of all, it's great to see you. Great to talk to you, and um, and just uh, give us the uh, the Monte Ellis update for Dub Nation. What's what's going on with Monte <laughs> these days?
0: Thank you guys for having me, Tim. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, the last seven years, I've been here in Dallas. Uh, I've been running a training and youth program for seven years now, um, called Ellis Elite Basketball. Um, so, this this is the retired Monte. Uh Just, you know, spending time with the kids, with the family, and um, training kids.
1: How is the family?
0: Everyone great. Uh, I don't know. You guys haven't met my baby girl, which is journey. Right. She's four. Uh, but my oldest two, MJ and Myla, uh, doing very well. Uh, MJ's eighth grade playing basketball. Um, my daughter's 12, Mila, uh, she's played basketball and soccer. And then, um, the four year old, she just run in the house.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're no longer in charge.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's
1: funny. I, it, it's funny. Uh, it, it really reminds me of the passage of time. You know, Oranda uh, Eric Dampier has a, a kid who's playing ball and, and, and is doing well. Jay Rich's kid just committed to Michigan State. It, it's crazy to think of you guys having, you know, kids that are going to be, you know, playing and that, not only that, but also the fact that, you know, you guys are now all dads now, and it's, it's a whole <laughs> different
0: deal. Well, it is. Uh, man, uh, you know, I saw that Jay Rich's son um, signed with Michigan State. Uh yeah, man, it's the time just going by so fast, and um, you know I'm the youngest out of all them, so I can imagine how they feel.
1: <laughs> right. you, but, were the uh, you were the baby, you were the
0: baby, that yeah, group. yeah, yeah. So it's great. It's it's been a great journey to see them growing, you know, coming to their own, and you know, figuring it out, and loving the sport that they love, and you know, putting in the time and all that. So it's it's a blessing.
1: So what uh, what about working with the kids? Do you like? What do you get out of that? For what, what does that do for Monte?
0: Uh, well, it really gives back. Um, the I think in in American basketball, uh, I think we lost the, the skill set, the the um, the fundamentals of it. So that's my main thing. Is you know teaching, you know, skills, developing their fundamentals. So um, it doesn't matter, you know, if a kid can't dribble a basketball. I just, you know, love the game so much and just give them the knowledge and everything that that I had that I didn't have anyone come back and give it to me or pour it to me. So that's why I enjoy doing it. And, and you know, to see the progress as these kids when they first started to now. Uh, They bring you joy, uh, bring you comfort and understanding that, you know, your word matters and, you know, just getting kids to understand whatever you want in life. No matter if you want to be a doctor, lawyer, uh, whatever it is, you have to sacrifice and put in time and put in the work for you to be successful and good in what you do. That's
1: as well said. It's you know, it's funny you know, on the basketball front, the um, the the fundamentals thing. It's it's as true as the day is long. If you have a, if you start with a good fundamental base, you can add all the other stuff. You can become a better shooter. You can go, you know be a good, good defender. But if you have a solid core fundamentally, you're going to be okay.
0: and that's what I try to instill in the kids because we we have lost that. AU basketball took our game to a totally different area of the game and to be honest with you me I don't like it personally but in order for me to make a change I have to get in and do my part so that wouldn't come in for me you know coaching and training kids just doing my part
1: well it's it's crazy now and 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 you would you would like you know turn your head around if you saw <laughs> how many coaches NBA teams have now and one of the reasons is, is that they need to develop these players because they haven't had that, that skill set put into them. And, you know, we've got a lot of great young talents come in the league, but, but they, they need to learn how to play. You know, they don't know how to play. They don't have that fundamental base. And so NBA teams are developing players now far at a far greater rate than I've ever seen. It. It's, it's truly unbelievable.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, i seen it on the way out. Um, And it kind of of slows the game down in a sense because now we have to, instead of us going in and working on our game plan and doing what we need to do, now we have to take the time out to break it all the way down and teach the kids the skills and fundamentals at the highest level of the game. And I think that that's why so many European players are are standouts now because of the fundamental base of it.
1: That's, that's absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. They come more MBA ready than a mm-hmm. lot of kids come out of the U- USA programs. Yes, sir. Well, let's, let's uh, take a step back. Let's go uh, down memory lane, as they used to say, uh, <laughs> you, you, you come to the Bay, you, you know, you were drafted, you had, you had gone through your, your high school years and your, your knee injury, the Warriors drafted you in the second round. Uh, you know, what do you remember about those days and what, what are some of your, your memories of playing in the Bay?
0: Like my memories with the bay was awesome. Um, if it, it wasn't so expensive, I would probably still be there. <laughs> <laughs> but now, just me coming in as a young guy and was able to grow into the young man that I had become at that time. Like that whole experience was was great to me the suck part about it, you know, how everything went down. But other than that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take nothing back. I I don't have any regrets. I, I went through the things that I went through. Uh, I grown the way that I should have grown. And I just thank the Bay area and the fans and the organization and the people who've been there for day one and seen when I was there just to You know, thank those those guys for, you know, making my transition so much easier. And it was, I didn't have any pressure on what I had to do with just go out and play basketball. And I did that to the best of my ability every night for the fans. Um, They graced me with their presence. I graced them with my ability and my flash just that I brought to the team. So it was an even swap. Um, I love the Bay Area. Um, I know they're the best fans in all the sports, hands down. Uh, that's second home to me. So um, my journey and my time there spent, I'm grateful for every bit of it.
1: Yeah, you're one of the most popular players to play in the Bay in, in this era. And uh, we still see Montiel's jerseys out there the, uh, the <laughs> arena. We still... Yeah, I still run into people and I ask them who your favorite players are and they'll say, well, Monte and then Curry, you know, they'll, they'll the, your name is mentioned more than, you know, and uh, I have to think, I have to ask you about this because I've always thought about this. You get drafted with the Warriors and you fall into that. We believe team, which is, I tell people, uh, flying with that team was as close as to being on a real life pirate ship that I'll ever get to, you know, just, <laughs> you know, just, I mean, just think of all the characters that you know—from yes. Nelly to Stack Jack yes. to Baron Davis to Mike Barth. I mean, yes. it was such a unique group together. You know, talk, talk about a little, bit, a little bit of that and and uh, and some of your memories of that.
0: Well, that that group. Um, I remember when we first put that that group together. Um, we didn't we didn't know what to expect. Like, we just knew that we got you know, four group, four guys back that really wanted to play and really wanted to make a difference. So we just started doing a lot of team bonding. Like everybody always, like on the weekends or during the weekday, we'll throw a barbecue at any time. Uh, we always hung out together, so that's why we played the way we played on the floor. Um, I remember when at the end of that season, when we won, what I want to say, 17 or 18 out of the last 22 or something like that to make it to the playoff, well, before that run started done, Nelson had already said that we wasn't going to make the playoff. <laughs> yeah.
1: so, I remember that. That was on a trip <laughs> to the Midwest and in like Indiana <laughs> and Chicago and, yeah.
0: And so yeah. when he said yeah. that uh, – We had already always used to do team events and bonding. So when he said that, I think I forgot we was either at Jack House or we was either, we either met at Jack House or BD House. And we, we just said to ourselves, man, we just going to go out there and just let the Chills fall what it may. And we went on that run and that was, that was the best time of that season. When we was making that run all the way to the playoff, all the way to the the end of that playoff. Um we just came together as a team and just said, man, we just gonna prove them wrong. And so everybody went out there with one goal, one goal only, and, and that's way win the ball games. And we did it any fashion way we could. So we didn't really Yo, have Ch- to worry about, you know, who was the man or everybody knew that Baron Day was the, the the captain and the best player on the team. Everybody knew that. So we rolled when he rolled. And we just played our parts. Everybody did what they supposed to do. Everybody played their role to the best they could. And we just got the results of, you know, making that run and knocking off the number one team.
1: Yeah, that was so so special. And and, you know, uh when you guys were playing at Oracle, I, I still it's one of the really moments I'm gonna look back on in my career was that series at Oracle against Dallas. You know, they had won 67 games. They had Dirk Davitsky, you know, good players around him. And uh, just that whole experience of being in that building for that series. I mean, it's, you know, we'll never, you know, the Chase Center is, is great, but just because of the fact the Warriors had been not very good for so long and then to, to take that team and, and uh, to, uh, to, to, you know, to win that series, that, that was incredible. What do you
0: remember about uh, playing at Oracle at that time? Man, I, 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 I can tell you this. I remember the first game that we had at home. And when we, when we were in the warm-up before the game, mm-hmm. you can just feel the energy When as soon as you hit that tunnel and walk on that carpet right when the lights hit you. You can just feel the energy. I've never seen an NBA fan's... NBA fans that stood the whole entire game. Like not one person sat down that whole game. And when I say the arena was rocking, like you could feel it like it was an earthquake. That's how I felt. And that was the, the moment when we was like, man, we didn't turn the corner. But, you know, it was great. It was fun.
1: Yeah, it was it they was really uh,
0: yeah, they helped us win that that series as well. Can we took that yeah. energy on the road with us as well?
1: Yeah, it was it was crazy, you know, and then uh going on to the losing to a good Utah team in the the next round obviously, but but the, you know, the, to me it was just the uh you guys had a real nice uh bonding with the fan base at that point, you know, there was a, a definite love affair between dub nation and that group. And there still is, you know, even with the, the great teams that have played since and the, you know, the four championships, which is just, you know, amazing The finals run that the team went on, but, um, but yeah, just the, there's a, there's a special connection between you guys and the fan
0: base. Yeah. Cause we, I mean, at that time we all we had like, it's so like, like I said, it came hand-to-hand. They graced us with their president, so we had to return the favor back. So when we made that trade, I think, like, we returned that favor because, like I said, we had guys that, that want to just win and with whatever it took to win. So, like, you know, they come out and spend their money and cheer us on and do all that. The least we could do is is give back with it, you know, play it hard and, and win it. And that's what we did with that, we believe too
1: yeah the the following year, you know <laughs> you guys were so good the following year how how disappointing was it not to make the playoffs with that team the following year
0: it was a <laughs> that following year man it was a it was a lot of a lot of stuff um that was going on that you know hinder us from. From our goal of repeating what we wanted to do, and then like like the West always been tough, either too. I mean, I think we won what forty eight games that year, forty nine or yep. something. And we still didn't make it, <laughs> so it just lets you know how tough the West was. So, uh, but we had a little couple things that we tweaked and shouldn't have messed with. And I think that was the difference between a bunch of the losses that we had, win and losses that year. But that was, that was that was devastating to to be able to come back and get that many wins and still don't make the the playoff.
1: Yeah, it's it's really like like you said, it's it's one of those things where uh, you know, it really shouldn't have happened. You know, you guys had such a good team and had, you know, uh, good depth on that team. And, and yeah, yeah, just a little too many things away from everything to, uh, to get going throughout your career. You were, you were one of the more durable players throughout your career. You did have some injuries in your career, but when Mm -hmm. you were, you were healthy, you were ready to go. Even, you know, looking at the, your last five years, you played 82 games, twice, 80, 81, Mm -hmm. 74, I mean, where where did you get not only the uh, physical toughness, but also the mental toughness that you had in your career?
0: Uh, Well, just overcoming the things that I had to overcome as a young kid with no help or guidance. So that's where the mental toughness come in and seeing my grandfather do certain things and, uh, and still be able to find a way to push through it. So. I just love the game of basketball. It's hard for me to watch. It's hard for me to watch basketball sitting on the side when I know I should be playing or or want to play. So, like, that's why I played through injuries because it's just hard to sit on the sideline and just watch basketball. I just can't do it.
1: So the uh, head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, um, mm-hmm. You know we were working out somewhere on the road on the elliptical and he's next to me and I asked him this question. I said, Do you miss playing? He's Oh yeah. Yeah, I really miss playing. And he's telling the story of how when he was a TNT, he used to, you know, play once a week and and you know, because it would take him, you know, the week to recover, you know, but but he got in, <laughs> you know, a few hours of play. And and um and and, and that's that's you know just shows your love of the game, you know, when you miss it mm-hmm. like that. You know, do you do you still get when you're working with the kids, do you get some shots up at least?
0: Oh, I do. Um, I do a lot. I have to, like, that's my main thing. Like, I have to break down and show and really dissect the game for them to understand why we're making these moves and why we're doing this or why we should do this or why we shouldn't do that. So, yeah, I I, I do a lot of movement with them just to show them exactly what I want them to do.
1: Tell me about uh, – well, let's let's talk about your career after the Warriors. I know – there were a couple of tough years, you know, where, uh, you know, nobody wants to get traded in the NBA mm-hmm. and it's, it's a hard thing, but, but you kind of, you know, kind of kept your course going for a while there. You had some good years. The second year in Milwaukee was good. You had a couple of really good years in, in, in Dallas. And what are there things about the, that your second part of your career that, that you can relate with us, maybe share with us?
0: In my first year, um, uh, that first half of the year when I got traded to Milwaukee was was really the roughest time of my career based on how the whole situation panned out and being in that situation the first time of my career and being that young. Um, so my years in Milwaukee was kind of it was it was kind of rough uh, mentally. Uh, because I just, I just didn't understand, like, you know, like everything that I put in, the time, the effort, uh, you know, playing through injuries, you know, practicing through injuries and how the way that that whole situation panned out, uh, it took me in a, like, I really wanted to quit basketball. Um, I had thought about it for a minute, um. It wasn't until I went to Dallas. When I went to Dallas, um, I got kind of a new life. Uh, you know, playing with Dirk was amazing. Uh, the We Believe team was amazing. But I think uh, I wish I would have got with Dirk uh, early on in my career, uh, just by his efforts, his leadership, and his work ethic. And that's no, you know, shade to my brother's on We Believe, but it's just the type of person that he is and, you know, what he brought to the game. But uh, when I came here is when I started back enjoying the game of basketball. Um we was in a, I was on a winning team, uh, you know, having a leader like Dirt makes everything a lot easier as uh, far as – You know, he don't complain. He just go out there and just play, just work and get the job done. So that was that was a good refresher for me and my career. And that's why I played the way I did when I played with Dallas, and because I just felt like it was just a refreshing of of basketball. Um, The fans are similar to the Bay Area fans. Uh, They would be, they would get my second vote, you know, second best fans in the NBA. Um, And, um, you know, those two years were good. And then unfortunately, we couldn't come to an agreement or I would say never talked about one. Uh, And so I ended up going to Indiana. Uh, Indiana. It was another one of those situations like Milwaukee. Uh, I couldn't understand that I put in all the work at the time and did what I did for the team. But, you know, unfortunately, they didn't sign me back. Uh, and I wanted to retire here. Like, I wanted to, to stop playing here and finish my career. Uh, but, unfortunately, it did happen that way. So I ended up going to Indiana and, you know, mentally was out of it based on – going into another situation, another coaching uh, system, whole thing all over again and at that time in my career. I just didn't feel like I wanted to do that. So uh, my first two years in Indiana, they went up and down. And after that, I just decided it was just time for me to just walk away from the game.
1: Well, you know, it's it's rare that uh, guys in the NBA walk away from the game under their own, you know, uh, Under their own, you know, decision making, you know, deciding to walk away because, you know, the phrase I tell people all the time about the NBA: not many people get to retire in the NBA. Most just don't yeah. get phone calls, and yeah. uh, and so that, that it's great you walked out. You could have played more. I'm, I know, but as a, for a yeah. fact, you could have played more.
0: Yeah, but hey, before I out of, and then I, I just thought about my kids more, uh, my family. Uh, oh. Had to get. You know, I had to get my family together. Um, you know, the kids were getting older, started moving from here to there. So it just there's a lot that played in at that time. And then I seen the game changing um, with how they was handling the young guys, and you know, you know, practice wise, like it wasn't as it wasn't the same everything, so it just it just didn't feel the same to me. So that's why I walked away from
1: it. Let's get to have a little fun with this. Give me your 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 favorite Nelly moment that you can share with, with Dub Nation.
0: My favorite Nelly, uh, I would have to say one day we was in practice and uh, he came in and. <laughs> We knew any time when he had a dog called Lucky. Uh, oh yeah, I remember Lucky. I remember Lucky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whenever Lucky would come on the court, we knew that it wasn't like we wasn't about to do anything. So one day <laughs> Nelly come in and Lucky ran through first. So we were like, "Man, what the world?" And then Nelly come in behind him. Nelly had a cigar and he had a beer. <laughs> <laughs> And so we was like, oh, we for sure not about to do anything. So he came in and he gave Andres the ball right under the basket. He said, if you hit this free throw, I mean, you hit this layup, right? If you hit the shot, he said, no practice. And so we like, what? He was like, Unders, seven feet tall. Like, only thing he got to do is just go up there and just put it over the rear. He did exactly that. then he walks straight out of the door, him and lucky. <laughs> wow. I was like, what? Oh man. Yeah. So that was one of my favorite moments of here. That he came in that day and say, here, make this shot right here. And we have no practice. So we know he didn't want to practice. But those are things that 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 Nelly did. And he knew that some like players needed it mentally. So those the games that he would he would do. Like even like with fires. Like with fines, and no one know that with the fine money, we used to shoot for it half court, everybody, from the video coordinator to trainers, everybody get to shoot for the money at half court. And so that's, it made it fun. It even made it fun to get fined because you knew you were going to shoot for it and everybody else had to put money in it so the pot was going to be bigger. So it was the little things like that, but yeah, that was my, my moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh do you have like a, a a Baron Davis or Stack Jack? I mean and and watching those guys what what did you uh you know from a basketball sense what did you learn from those guys?
0: Uh well BD uh, I learned a lot from BD on and off the basketball court. Uh, I still talk to him to this day. I actually talked to him yesterday. Um man just him life period uh you know uh managing money uh, you know how to you know make your presence on the basketball and be a standout from everybody else so that what really got me from being a one man fast break was Baron he just said man listen with your ability your skill that you have like we don't have to call plays for the only thing you have to do is just get out and run. If you get out and run, I, I promise you, i, I find you. I was like, listen, man. I was like, bro, if I'm going to run, man, you're going to have to you give me that ball, man. We're going to have a problem. He's like, nah, bro, I'm, I'm going to give you the ball. So, like, <laughs> he taught me how to maneuver and get my points without even having a play call. So, um like, BD helped me a lot throughout my transition. Um as a rookie and as as one of the get like the man I am today too, because I still ask for advice and we still keep very, very close and you know keep in touch with the kids and all uh, that. And um uh, stack Steven Jackson, uh man, just the the mentality is just going out there just playing hard, didn't care about being the underdog, uh you know, guarding the best players or doing whatever we need to do. So just, just this mentality to go out there and just play hard and compete every night, no matter who it was—whether it was Kobe Bryant or whoever it was—he was, was going to go out there, he was going to be himself, taught, and he was going to go out there and play. So,
1: yeah the the thing that uh, I, I was a little surprised at, but then I thought about it, and they're both guys that that uh, understand the, the game and 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 both had to work hard to get to where they were in their NBA careers. Is that you know, now you've got both Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes on television talk, talking about the NBA. I, I think that's pretty
0: cool, actually. Yeah, it is. It is. It's great, and it's, it's, it's been wonderful for them. You know, they've been doing great things, having great, you know, legendary people on their podcast. So, you know, hats off to them and, you know, wish them nothing but success and the best.
1: And it's a great, great podcast name, by the way. But anyway, mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. hey, when it, when it works, it works, you know. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's going to be great to uh, to see you. We're taping this before you come back to the Bay. It's going to be great to have you back in the Bay, and and uh, the fans, I'm sure, are going to love it to see you. And um, I'm so happy for you and your success, and and you, you're It looks like you're doing well. It looks like you're happy and uh, you got your growing family out there in Dallas and uh, that's just great because fatherhood's the best thing, man. It's the best job you can have is being a dad. So, uh, Congratulations on that. It's always good to see you, my friend, and and if I can ever help you, just reach out. I'll be there.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate everything. Um, RC, uh, appreciate you as well taking the time out. I'm going to be so, so, so excited to see, you know, Dub Nation again. It's going to be a little different, but I know within heart, you know, the fans going to be the fans. So I'm going to be very, very excited when we get there, me and my family, uh, and see you guys when we get there.
1: And don't forget, Monte will be at Chase Center on December 16th when the Warriors take on the Brooklyn Nets. And we'll be talking to another former Warrior, Larry Smith. That's upcoming on a future podcast right here. I want to thank the great R.C. Davis for his technical work and to the Warriors IT department, a terrifically helpful group of professionals. And, of course, my thanks to Monte Ellis. I, Tim Roy, don't forget you can come here and listen to post-game discussions of every Warrior game right here on the Warriors podcast.